I think one of the most powerful things you can do in your growth and evolution is to step back and ask yourself, what standards can I set for myself such that when I hit those standards, I feel like I'm crushing it in my job. Part of confidence is trusting your gut, trusting your instincts, and having the muscle of being able to move forward imperfectly. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so happy that you're here. And if you've been listening for a while, you know why you're here. You know what this is. And if you're new, welcome. My name is Jess. I also go by Jessica. I am a career coach, and I'm here to help you build confidence, rise up in your career, become a powerhouse communicator, and really build the career of your dreams and step into the identity of the woman of your dreams, the woman that you dream of becoming in your career, that strong, badass, confident woman who knows that her stuff is good and who is a super powerful and effective leader. I get so excited by helping women do that because it's so much fun to get to guide you and you know, for the women that I work with directly in my programs to get to watch you evolve. It is such a treat and I'm so lucky to be able to do this work. Although I will say I'm lucky. And the reason that I'm able to do this work is because I've built this beautiful community and this beautiful podcast and a beautiful business around it. So I want to share with you the topic of today's episode. This is a newer topic for me. I feel like I haven't really done much on like time management and, you know, being smart about your time. Because to be totally honest with you, my brain likes big sweeping theoretical topics and topics that are very tactical like time management are just less exciting for me in my mind. However, the reason I get excited about this topic and the reason it's important is because it actually has a really strong link into leadership and your growth and evolution as a leader. So in my mind, this isn't just an episode about time management and being more effective in your role without spending more hours and more time, but it's actually a step in your growth and evolution and you being shaped into a leader. So I'm going to share a little more context behind that because I think the context is going to motivate you to really want to listen and apply this and make some of these shifts a reality in your day-to-day career because these shifts you make today could mean the difference between five years from now being in an upper management or executive role versus not. And so these small things that we do over time just add up to such massive impact in our career. And this is definitely one of those topics. So The first thing that I want to share is this idea of excellence in your role. So I'm a firm believer in the idea of, you know, getting to a place where you feel like your performance is at a level of excellence. 
not only because that's how you position yourself for growth and promotion within your organization or within a job search or within your overall career, but because when you're operating at a level of excellence, it tends to dissipate imposter syndrome. I think there's lots of antidotes to imposter syndrome and lots of ways to help manage it and navigate it and shrink it. I could probably do an episode just on all the different ways, but one of those ways is to feel like you are performing excellently in your role. When you genuinely feel like, damn, I am doing a good job, that feeling of imposter syndrome shrinks dramatically. I mean, think about it. Imagine being so proud of the work that you're doing, right? Imagine thinking it's so good. Imagine having that feeling of like, ooh, I did that and that's really good. Like When you have that feeling inside, it's really hard for imposter syndrome to coexist. And so sometimes I think one of the smartest ways to shrink imposter syndrome is to turn your focus away from imposter syndrome and actually shift your focus towards how can I start to have that feeling inside of like, I am doing really, really good. And I think that we really underestimate our ability to create that feeling for ourselves. I think we really think that that feeling is going to happen to us. And I think one of the most powerful things you can do in your growth and evolution is to step back and ask yourself, What standards can I set for myself such that when I hit those standards, I feel like I'm crushing it in my job? And this isn't about perfectionism, by the way, and being like, I must do everything perfectly in order to feel like I'm crushing it in my job. And so I'm going to set the bar super, super high. No, this comes from a place of confidence. This comes from a place of seeing yourself as a leader and saying, as a super powerful, smart, thoughtful leader... What is the bar for excellence in my role? Not from a perfectionist place, but from a place of asking myself, in what way do I make the most valuable possible contribution to my team and to my organization? And from a place of feeling motivated to give that contribution rather than like punishing yourself into perfectionism. I think that there's a really different energy there. And so that was the first thing that I wanted to share with you as context, which is just that Moving towards excellence and creating a definition of excellence for yourself that feels good, that doesn't feel self-punishing, and doesn't feel perfectionist, but makes you feel badass and strong and like a leader, and moving towards fulfilling that definition of excellence will help you dramatically, dramatically with your imposter syndrome. And the second thing that I wanted to share here is that even though that this is an episode on improving your performance without spending more hours and more time, what we're really talking about in today's episode is confidence. Because most of the behaviors that drain time and lower performance while also draining time stem from a lack of confidence. And the beautiful thing is even... If you're like, well, I don't feel confident, so I'm screwed. The wonderful thing is that when you start to adopt these behaviors, the confidence catches up with you. So there's one coach in the coaching space I follow that shared such a brilliant insight that I think is so true, which is that like when it comes to mindset and, you know, mindset is our inner world, how we feel about ourselves, our thoughts, our confidence, right? I define all of that under the umbrella of mindset. When it comes to our mindset, when we're trying to grow our mindset, grow our confidence, sometimes we just need to take action first, take the action of the confident version of us and trust that our confidence and our mindset is going to catch up. 
So even if you don't feel badass and you don't feel like a leader, if you start showing up in your role, making decisions as if you are a badass leader, eventually those feelings are going to start to follow all of the action that you're taking. And this episode is really in the spirit of that idea, which is tweaking just slightly the way that you show up in your role not only so that you can be at a higher level of excellence in your role and not only so you can do that without putting in more hours, but so that you can feel confident and badass and unstoppable inside. That is truly what I want for you. I want you to experience that inner shift and some of those inner feelings that make you feel strong and on fire and like excited to show up for the work that you do because you know you're making progress. You know you're doing good work. You know you belong there, right? Like you know you're on a path to success. I want you to feel all of those feelings and really build a career that comes from that place. So I'm going to be totally honest with you. I thought of four things that I wanted to share in terms of improving your performance without putting in more time. And I know that if I try to walk you through all four of them, this episode is going to get really long. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to list out the four and I'm going to deep dive into the first two. And then I don't think I'm going to do a two-part series for this one, but I'm going to do a future episode where I dive deeper into the second two. But I wanted to walk you through the full list because I think that this list is going to feel really expansive for you to listen to. What I see a lot and something that you might be experiencing is that you don't think of yourself as a leader. You think of yourself as an employee. And I really want to use my podcast and the stuff that I share to help you start thinking of yourself as a leader. And I think this list is going to help you start to make that shift. Okay. So here are my four biggest, most robust suggestions for improving your performance without putting more hours into your work week. And then we're going to deep dive in the first two. And I promise you the second two will come in a future episode. So drum roll, here they are. Number one, be more decisive. Number two, ruthless prioritization. Number three, high quality thinking. And number four, leveraged collaboration. And high quality thinking and leveraged collaboration, I realize that these are deep leadership skills. So those two are going to get their own episode in the future. And today we're going to talk about decisiveness and prioritization. And really, like I said, we're literally just talking about confidence. The more confidence you have, the more decisive you act and the easier it feels to prioritize. And let's even think about this, right? Like, let's walk through this together. And I I really want to take you down my train of thought so that you can see this, right? So when confidence is lacking and you're doubting yourself and you're stuck in perfectionist patterns, then making decisions in your job, should I email this person? Should I set up this meeting? Who should I add to this meeting, right? What should be the timeline for this project? What should I talk to my manager about in the one-on-one? How much should I involve them in this work? All those questions, when confidence is low and perfectionism is high, each of those decisions becomes this huge weight and the time spent going back and forth and trying to decide those things is coming from often a belief that you don't know how to do your job very well and you can't trust your instincts and you have to do it perfectly and that if you make the wrong choice that everything's going to go wrong and Part of confidence is trusting your gut, trusting your instincts, 
and having the muscle of being able to move forward imperfectly. So when you're making all of those little micro decisions all throughout the day, all throughout the week, sometimes they don't have a a right answer and sometimes they do, but you almost want to separate yourself from from thinking that you're trying to get to the right answer. And you really want to think of yourself as prioritizing trusting your instincts and learning to move forward without spending excessive time on decisions. Because what you will realize the more you make decisions faster and the less time you spend spinning in those decisions, what you will realize is that a lot of the decisions that feel like they matter don't, right? And there's a lot of different ways to do things. But what you're also going to realize is that there's no correct answer outside of you. There's no correct answer about who to include in your meeting. There is no correct answer about whether you should follow up with that email. There's no correct answer about what should be on your agenda for your manager's one-on-one. And the more time that you spend in the decision, the more you're reinforcing this often unconscious belief that there's like a right answer somewhere out there versus the belief that you are a boss lady who makes a decision and moves forward powerfully. And yes, every once in a while, you might make a choice and be like, I shouldn't have included that person in that meeting. I should have sent a follow-up. I should have done that differently. But that's all part of the process. CEOs make mistakes. Executives make mistakes. That's part of the reason that they've gotten to those executive roles and they've gotten that far in their career is because they're not afraid to make mistakes, right? So if you make a decision and you move forward powerfully and you trust your gut and then you realize that you made the quote unquote wrong decision and that with the information you know in hindsight, you would have made a different decision, that doesn't mean that following this advice was wrong. That means you're following this advice correctly. You're wasting less time in indecisiveness and you're reflecting and learning for next time when you realize that you could have made a better choice. So the goal, especially if you want to lead, especially if you want to expand your scope, the goal is not to make the decision perfectly every single time. The goal is to get faster and better at making decisions over time and to allow a margin of error in your decisions, right? Now, this doesn't mean I'm not telling you to like put out work that has like lots of mistakes and to do things that are incorrect. But what I'm telling you is for these subjective choices of how to execute and who to include in that and what to focus on, for these subjective choices, 90% of the time, there's more than one correct path. And for the 10% of the time that there is a better way, It's not worth it to overthink 100% of the situations. I would rather move powerfully and be super agile and decisive 100% of the time. And then 10% of the time, I'm like, you know what? I made the wrong decision versus taking forever on every single decision just so I could get that 10% of decisions correct. And now the thing about this too, and this is like so fascinating, our brains are so fascinating. Like the more I learn about the human mind and human psyche and our brains and how they work, the more I am just shocked by how irrational we are as humans. That's another topic for another day. But I also just want to point out to you that there's a thought error that we make a lot of the times. And a thought error is just like a thought that we think is true that's wrong, (laughs) but we think it's true. And that thought error is that if we spend more time in an uncertain decision, we're more likely to get the quote-unquote correct answer. 
And while that's true sometimes, it's not always true. So it's a thought error to think that spending more time equals better decision always. And that's really, really important to realize. So like for those 10% of times where you get the decision wrong, right? And you're like, oh, I should have spent more time thinking about that. Just because you decided to spend more time doesn't mean you necessarily would have gotten it right. And so I think that that's really, really important to hold on to. But the reason really that I'm sharing this with you is not just so you can learn to make decisions quickly, save time, get out of indecisiveness, but more importantly, so that you can build those layers of leadership skills and confidence that comes when you show yourself that you know how to move forward and make decisions. Because when you move forward and make decisions, even ones that are fuzzy and unclear and uncertain, what you are communicating is one, I know what I'm doing. Two, I trust myself. And three, if this turns out to be an imperfect decision, I know what to do to fix it, right? Versus when you spend time spinning in the decision and spending excess time in indecisiveness, you're communicating that I don't trust myself. I don't know how to move forward here. And if I get it wrong, I don't trust myself to fix it. And that erodes confidence. And so what I would want you to do is to practice noticing where you are spending minutes and maybe even hours in indecision. I for sure did this in my job, for sure, right? Like drafting and redrafting the email, making the calendar invite, then deleting it, and then making it again, right? Because your mind is so afraid, so afraid of getting it wrong. And I think one thing that's really important when we're experiencing fear of getting something wrong is it's not always about bulldozing the fear and being like, well, I'm afraid and I shouldn't be afraid, so I'm just going to send out this calendar invite, right? But I think of strength and confidence and decisiveness as also having like a softer, more feminine side where it's like, okay, I'm feeling scared. I can totally hold myself through this experience of being scared. It's okay that I'm scared. I'm not going to make myself wrong. I'm going to try to self-soothe and make sure that I have what I need. And I am working on building this leadership muscle and I'm working on building this decisiveness muscle. So while I want to hold myself and be really kind to myself in this experience of fear, I also don't want to underestimate my ability to move through the fear and make a powerful decision. Do you feel how different that is where it's like you're not denying your fear, you're not making yourself wrong for being afraid or stuck in indecision. You're actually normalizing the experience and it's like you're calling on your higher self or a higher version of you who you believe knows how to move through that and knows how to show up at a higher level. So that is step one of elevating your performance without putting in more time, which is becoming more decisive, making decisions and moving on. And I also think what's so important is to make peace with wrong decisions. If you aren't willing to make wrong decisions, it will limit you in your career because you won't be able to take risks. You won't be able to put new ideas out there, right? Like you won't be able to step out and take up space in that way. And so if you hold yourself to a perfectionist standard in terms of making decisions in your role, it will literally slow down your growth. And again, this doesn't mean you're like making crazy fast decisions willy-nilly all over the place, but it does mean you're noticing when you're spinning and when that spinning is coming from a lack of confidence and you're interrupting that pattern and saying, hold on, <laughs> I'm stuck in indecision. This is wasting time. This isn't improving my performance. And most importantly, I know that I have way more in me than what I'm showing right now. And I want to stop and slow down and see if I can access that in making this decision and moving forward. And damn, when you do this, 
You'll feel so free. You will feel so much more agile and flexible in your job, and you will feel so much more powerful. So that's the first one on the list. And the second one is better prioritization. This is so important. This is such a loaded topic. There's so much to say on this. But what's really, really key, especially if you're someone who wants to elevate into higher roles over time, is to really be thinking top down about what's most important in your job and to almost see prioritization and deprioritization as creating value. Oh my God, this mindset shift will change everything for you when it comes to like saying no to work and pushing back. I think another thought error we have, and this is a total thought error, this is not true, but we think more work equals more value for the company. And when I say more value for the company, what I mean is that if you consistently make that decision to take on more and take on more and take on more, over time, your team, your company, your department is going to have a net benefit from that decision. That is not always true. Enormous value comes from focus. It comes from prioritization. It comes from knowing where to not get distracted. This is huge. A huge thing that businesses and corporations are constantly working on at the executive level, I know because this is the work that I used to do as a corporate strategist, is how do we focus our finite time and energy and resources on the most impactful things? How do we not get distracted? How do we not focus on the wrong things? And I want you to think of yourself like that. I want you to think of your time and your brain and your intellect and your genius and your thinking as this precious resource. Your company gets 40, 50, however many hours a week you work, they get that many hours a week of your precious skills, your precious thinking, your precious brain, your precious expertise. Help them use that wisely. You are the person that helps them get the most out of you. It's not the other way around, right? It's not about them squeezing, squeezing, squeezing more work out of you. It's about you thinking what is most valuable here and what is not as valuable and what actually detracts from focus, right? And detracts from forward momentum. And when it comes to prioritization, This is so important, but deprioritizing is something that leaders do. Confident, effective, powerful leaders deprioritize. They know what to say no to. They know what to put at the bottom of the list, right? So just so you can visualize this, imagine this, like really see this in your mind, let's just, we're just going to make up a fictional person or me. Like, let's say I'm like a, a VP at a company and I get asked, let's say by my higher up boss, like, you know, I, I really want you to take on this initiative this quarter. I feel ready. And I'm really eager to like have these findings for the CEO. So can you get started on this for me to say, you know, and I'm I'm really oversimplifying this a lot, but for me to say something like, you know, I thought about it and looked at our priorities and what I think is it's actually in our best interest to push forward with our current set of initiatives and then begin that one one quarter out. Here's the reason why I really want to make sure that we get this big project that is almost over the line over the line because the team, after being stuck for so many months, has finally built this momentum. And if we add another project to their plate, 
I think that over time, we're going to actually lose time, net-net, we're going to lose time because it's going to slow down this momentum. And then we'll kind of be going slowly on two things rather than moving fast and focused ahead on one thing and then taking on this new project with full momentum as soon as we've completed this big push that we're in the middle of. Because I want to make sure that this project gets the full attention that it needs. What are your thoughts on that timing? Now, this doesn't mean the person's going to agree, right? It doesn't mean that like this conversation will always be an easy conversation. There are lots and lots of caveats here. But what it does mean is as I'm considering adding on this new project, I'm really thinking about, okay, yes, doing this new project is going to add value, but where is it going to take away value if we rush it, right? Like how could it be true that waiting is better? And how could it be true? Oh my God, this question is so freaking powerful. How could it be true that by waiting, we're going to get it done faster? Boom. This, I know it seems like we want to rush to get things done faster, but I really just want you to pause and think about how could going slower help us get it done faster? And again, there's not necessarily going to be a right answer. Sometimes you will take on the project. Sometimes you will have to stretch yourself. But I want you to get out of that default thinking that more is always better and into a leader's thinking of like, what is actually better when I look at what's important to the team, when I look at what's important in my role, when I look at what's realistic to accomplish with the resources I have, when I look at the trade-off of being focused versus being distracted, what is actually the best path? forward. And when you engage with your boss and your leaders in a dialogue at that level, right? Not just the level of like, oh, I'm so busy. I can't take this on. Oh, we have so much. We can't take this on. Oh, we're so stretched. We can't take this on. Not from that level. I'm talking about the level of, you know, I've been thinking about what makes sense for us over the macro picture of the second half of this year or the macro picture of our goals for 2022 or the macro picture of this quarter. And I've been thinking about how we balance our desire to move faster and get more done with our desire to build momentum and execute at a super high level. And when you have that level of conversation about workload and prioritization, you will command so much respect because it's not just about you. And it's not just coming in with pushback or resistance, but it's really solving for the bigger picture. And again, sometimes solving for the bigger picture might mean taking on more, but unless you pause and do that thinking and do that investigation, you're not going to find out if there is a potential case to be made for streamlining, right? For being smart about priorities and timing. And I really, really believe that us being smart about what we do is far more effective than us just trying to do more and more and more. And this is a place where confidence is so key because when confidence is shaky and people try to pile more work on you, you might feel like you have to take that work on to prove yourself. And if you don't take it on, then, you know, because you doubt yourself, maybe that that means you're not as good a performer. So you have to like overcompensate and do extra. And when you believe in yourself as a leader and you're like, I know what I'm doing. I know how to make decisions. I know how to make trade-offs. I know how to execute in my job. It becomes a lot easier to slow down and not necessarily take everything on. And what you'll find is that will command a respect. People will stop giving you crap work. People will stop demanding unrealistic deadlines because when you have that level of dialogue with them that comes from that confidence, comes from that leadership thinking, 
they're going to know that you're not someone that they can dump this work on and they're going to find somewhere else. Like You will see the people that have the confidence to really own what they take on and how they take it on tend to get less of the crap work because people that are trying to saddle you with extra work, like they're looking for the people that will say yes to it, right? Like it takes two to tango. (laughs) And there's often, you'll see these people in work environments all the time. There are people that are kind of like looking for people that, that not like that they can push around, right? But like, they're kind of looking out for their own best interests in a way. And the more that you take on that leadership mindset about what you work on and why and have that leadership level dialogue around it, the less valuable you become to the leeches, right? The leeches are going to be like, oh, I'm not going to go to her because like she has fierce boundaries. And so those are the two pieces that I wanted to share with you in order to improve your performance, step into leadership thinking, right? Grow your confidence without spending more time in your role is to grow your decisiveness and your ability to prioritize from a high-level leadership lens. And I will do a future episode on the other two items on the list, which were higher quality thinking, which I kind of touched on a little bit in this episode, and also leveraged collaboration, which all that means is that you have such strong relationships across the company that you get things done in faster amounts of time with less churn. So I hope that this helped you. Please feel free to come say hi to me if it did. I've been hanging out more and more on Instagram at the art of speaking up is my handle. And if you want to take your work deeper, if you're ready to get very, very serious about growing your confidence, improving your communication skills, making sure that you are on a path to growth and leadership, check out my programs. There are two ways that I support my clients. One is through my one-on-one work, which is just you and me having weekly sessions together for six months where we're focused exclusively on the professional goals that matter most to you, whether you are ready to go out and pursue a promotion that is long overdue, whether it's time for you to get out into the job job market, but actually apply for jobs that represent an up level, whether you just want that one-on-one support on growing your communication skills and becoming a super effective advocate in the room, I can support you with that through my one-on-one. And I also support women through my group program, the Art of Speaking Up Academy, which is exclusively focused on helping you grow your confidence in meetings and helping you build best-in-class executive communication skills so you can make a super powerful impression in meeting rooms and build a reputation that gets you noticed and on the path to leadership and growth. I will link both of those below. You can check out my one-on-one coaching offer at justgazetcoaching.com slash coaching and the Art of Speaking Up Academy at justgazetcoaching.com slash academy. And also when you visit my website, make sure to go to the page titled free resources, which I will also link below in the show notes where I have a free video course on executive communication that will get you started on your journey of exuding that powerful presence in meeting rooms. And I also have a bunch of other free stuff. So I will link that below. It is justgazetcoaching.com slash free resources. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you so much to those of you who have left reviews and ratings. The show is at well over 100 ratings in Apple Podcasts, and that is just like a dream come true for me. When I first launched this show, it was such crickets. Like, I didn't even know if there were people out there listening because I would never ever get like ratings or reviews, and like I didn't get a lot of interaction. 
it's been so cool to see that people will just leave a positive review for the podcast. And it makes me feel like my stuff is getting out there and reaching you and helping you. So I so appreciate it. And if you've been listening for a while and you're like, oh, maybe I should leave a review, you should leave a review because honestly, they just make me really, really happy. And I really appreciate that. So I'm going to sign off. I hope that you are having such a wonderful day and I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.